Homeschooling isn't just about education. It's about your kids, it's about your family, and it's about a lifestyle. Hi, my name is Jackie and I'm the founder of Homeschool Think Tank. The Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast is about community, family, education, and life. I believe that these are the things that matter to homeschool families. Tune in each week and let's talk. I'll bring you a message from my heart, an expert interview, or an interview with the ultimate homeschooling experts, homeschool families like yours. Remember to check the link in the show notes below and you'll find an article that corresponds with this episode. Finally, remember to visit homeschoolthinktank.com for more information about how we serve homeschooling families. All right, let's get started with this week's episode. Today's interview is absolutely inspirational. I'd like to introduce you to Nasia Israel. Nasia was homeschooled from birth through high school, and she applied for a $10,000 scholarship that would allow her to start her own business as a result of being a recipient of this scholarship. At only 19 years old, she has already founded a nonprofit organization that serves homeschooling families. I hope that you will stick around until the end to hear about an offer that Nasia has for you. And I genuinely hope that you enjoy this interview as much as I have. Be sure to check the link in the show notes below to learn more about Nasia and Canary Academy Online. Also, you can always learn more about our podcast guests at homeschoolthinktank.com slash interviews. Enjoy this episode with Nasia Israel. Let's get started by backing way up. How long have you homeschooled? And how, well, first of all, for our listeners who can't see you, how old are you? Yes, I am 19 currently. 19. So when did you start homeschooling? Yeah, so um, I was homeschooled K-12. So uh, from the moment I entered uh, preschool all the way up to 12th grade, I was uh, homeschooled. So all 12 years, I was homeschooled. All 12 years. Okay, and this is part of what... I love about your story is beginning to end and sort of your end of your homeschooling story here. So all 12 years and how many siblings do you have? Uh, one. And a younger brother. Is that what I yes. remember? Yeah. Okay. How much younger is he than you? Uh, about three to four years, depending on the month. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I want to share your project and more about Canary Academy online here in a while, but I want to hear a little bit about some of the great things about homeschooling, some of the challenges you might've had and how that's led you to starting, starting your business. Yeah. So, um, I was homeschooled K-12 and, um, the pros of homeschooling, there are a lot of them. I would probably be here for a really long time if I were to list all of the the benefits of, of homeschooling. But some highlights are that really you get to learn at your own pace and um, in your own style. So uh, my parents were both seasoned educators. So um, they both had degrees in education. They both really enjoyed working in the education sector. And so they decided they wanted to homeschool me and my younger brother um, because they wanted us to be able to learn in our way. And they wanted to be able to instill those values that are really important to our family, um, like justice, love, kindness, community involvement, those types of things were instilled in me from a young age. They wanted to be able to teach me that themselves. 
Um, and so it started off where I skipped the grade um, because they saw that I was advanced in a lot of subject areas. So they decided to move me to a first grade and started working with me on a first grade level before I even had really entered what was called the kindergarten age. Um, and so I started working on first grade work. They got me curriculum and everything. I'm a huge bookworm. I love reading and I love diving into the books. And so my parents saw that in me from a really young age. And so they nurtured that. So they bought me books of all kinds. Um, when the first original Leap Pad came out, um, they brought me those. And uh, I would go into my room and I would read those books and I would have the little pen, you know, read me the stories. And it was just a really great experience in elementary phase, specifically because of the freedom that I had in home education and being able to really, you know, just say, hey, I'm interested in science. So I'm going to go and I'm going to study everything I can about science. It's going to be a major part of my curriculum. And that's really what shaped my overall perspective of education and what it can be and what it should be um, is really my personal homeschool experience and the freedom that was given to me through home education. So that's one of the major benefits of home education is just the freedom and the flexibility to learn your way. I agree a hundred percent. So something I noticed that you said here, when I asked you about, I suppose you just offered why your parents homeschooled you is about community and justice and love. But what I actually don't think I heard you say it was about education which is sort of a funny thing because I, this is something I'm always sharing is homeschooling is about education. Yes, but it's so much more. And it sounds to me like maybe your parents' primary purpose for home education wasn't necessarily education. It was about other things. Do you think that's so, or did you just leave that out by chance? (laughs) Yeah. So that uh, homeschooling is a primary focus of it is education. But since they had that education background, they Uh knew that they wanted something more. And so in education, we believe that everything, every part of us is education from going to the store and running errands is education to sitting at home and looking up at the clouds, you know, recognize the different types of clouds that are there, learn about everything in life can be education. So in our culture and our family, we recognize that everything is education. And so our main goals and what I feel my parents' main goals were for home education is really instilling those values that I told you about earlier, because that encompasses education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I think sometimes when parents, especially sort of after COVID, when they're thinking about homeschooling their kids. The first thought is about education and yeah, it is about education and education is a huge component and really important. And I definitely differentiate between education and school. They're different in my mind, but all these other aspects you brought up are things that really matter and that you can definitely harness the power of homeschooling and incorporate some of these other aspects into your life in a greater way than you can if your kids are gone at school all day. That's sort of where I was going with that is just your parents had a lot of other reasons. It sounds like yeah. and you picked up on those reasons for sure. You know, a lot of parents drop off with homeschooling their kids in the high school years. Your parents didn't, you didn't, you've continued all the way through. So what were some of the, what were some of your thoughts as the student who was homeschooling 
as you were entering your high school years, did you have any real concerns or was it more like your mom just sort of laid out the curriculum and said, go do this? And <laughs> that's that. Or were there more options for you? How did that look for you? Yeah, so high school was a bit different um, because during the start of my high school years, both my parents actually started working full time again. So it was a little bit different. It was a big adjustment in more ways than one. So we were all like, how are we going to balance all of this? My brother's in middle school at the time. I'm coming into high school. And then both my parents are working. So my mom actually started to work at a family-run company who allowed us to be able to come in to work with her. And we had our own classroom area in the office that they had set up to cater to our homeschooling. And so whenever she could, she would take her lunch breaks. She would take any time that she could to come in and work with me on my book, you know, to come in and give me work. And so she would do that for me and my brother. And so I really learned early on that the key to homeschooling in high school is flexibility. A lot of people think the opposite. They think that homeschooling in high school, it's not possible because you have to do transcripts and report cards and you have to have all of these exams and assessments. But really the true overall purpose of homeschooling through high school and the reason why I loved it is because it was flexible and because it was tailored to you. And so in high school, I didn't really have like a laid out map of curriculum year by year. Instead, it was based around what we called independent study. So I would get a set of core courses. I would have maybe two subjects that had textbooks or online courses. And then the rest would be created by me and my mom together. So we would sit down and share responsibility of the homeschool curriculum. So early on, I learned how to build curriculum. I learned how to structure a day. I learned about homeschool routines because I was a major part of that planning process. And so I decided that, okay, during this month, I'm going to focus on reading these many books and I made goals for myself. And that really helped me early on with time management, which a lot of high school students struggle with is being able to manage time and manage all these classes where for me, it was fun because I shared the responsibility and I was able to learn and grow and adjust to that change of being a high school student. And so once I got into 11th grade, I started to see that I wanted to go a little bit higher and more advanced um, in my coursework than I had uh, already done during the summer. I'd taken AP classes and done dibbled and dabbled in a little bit of pre-calculus and those types of things to keep my brain engaged over the summer. Then when I got to 11th grade, I was like, mom, dad, you know, I really want to go a little bit further. And so I had always had my eyes set on Liberty University because that was like the college of my dreams from when I went there in eighth grade. And my parents found out that there was a program that allowed me to dual enroll. So I was able to take college level classes while I was in high school towards a degree. And so we enrolled in that. Uh, it was a really uh, interesting process for the whole thing because it was completely new to me, you know, college admissions and all of those things. But once we got in, I started working in 11th grade and 12th grade um, around higher education courses. So in 12th grade specifically, I worked on enough courses to qualify me for a undergraduate certificate in preschool studies because by this time I had decided I wanted to be an educator. Um, and so I ended up going to school for education. And so the main thing for me was being able to take the flexible learning and the time management skills that I had learned from those other two, three years in high school to be able to apply it to college. 
And I took writing classes at um, pre-college level. I had all sorts of online courses. We had mixed it up, really. And that was the inspiration for the style of homeschooling that I later developed in my organization. But overall, that was pretty much my high school homeschool experience. So clearly you're done with that by now. How old were you when you finished all of that? When I finished high school, I was 17. Mm -hmm. And that's with your dual credit classes as well? Yeah. You were done with all of that? So my daughter's gone the dual credit route as well, but in a local way. So are you continuing with college right now or are you, you, so what are you working on right now then? Yes, I transferred my credits and I ended up going to Liberty University full-time. So I'm currently a junior slash rising senior for college in early childhood education with a minor in general history. So I'm getting my bachelor's in science. Awesome. So this is something I think that parents need to understand if they're worried about their children going to college and getting into college, it's really not a big deal. This is what I have found. Now, we also sort of started out in the dual credit way, which maybe alters things a bit as opposed to completely finishing as a homeschooled student and then applying to college. Yeah. But it's, it's really been a non-issue for us. So I guess what I'm saying is, Don't quit homeschooling in high school because you're afraid your kids won't get into college. In many ways, I think they have an advantage because they bring a different perspective. And the other thing that I noticed you talking about here is you're sort of working out your own curriculum, your own plan. You're doing it with your mother's guidance. But in my mind, this is a really important thing because I know as for me, now I graduated from high school a long time ago. <laughs> I'm old enough to be your mom, but I finished high school and I went a college route. So there was sort of this path laid out for me, but if I wouldn't have gone a college route, I really feel like I'm may have floundered. And quite frankly, I floundered in college too, because I just wasn't real sure what I wanted to do, but learning how to lay out your own life curriculum throughout your life is a huge part of your success and growth in life. And you've clearly got this down at a young age. And that's impressive. The other thing I want to point out here is you are learning how to navigate, you know, online and in person education, whether it's through just reading your own books. And see, this is where I differentiate between school and education is education doesn't have to be done anywhere in particular. (laughs) Education is just you know, you're learning on your own. You can have a huge amount of education without necessarily having the schooling to go with it. But, um, I sort of deviated there and I lost my, my thoughts. So, oh, well, we'll move forward. But how did you end up starting a business online? Tell me about that process. Because when we talked prior to our interview, you said that you started this as a way to help your younger brother when your parents went back to work. Yeah. So tell me what happened there, how it, how it evolved and what your online business is doing. Yes. So, uh, back in around 2017, my brother entered middle school and both my parents started working full time again. So this was when there was a huge amount of adjustment needed for the entire family. We needed to work together to come up with, you know, the plan and who was going to be doing what, uh, because a lot of things had shifted and changed. And so as we started to go to the office with our mom and we started doing homeschooling that way, I started to see that there was a lot of work involved with homeschooling. 
Um, and I saw that my mom was doing a really good job of balancing work with homeschooling, but it also was very exhausting for her at the same time. So when I decided that I wanted to go into the education field, I was like, well, what better way to be able to practice than helping my mom out? So I started going in and looking for curriculum and started going and saying, hey, mom, I'll take care of planning for, you know, this week or I'll help uh, my brother come up with a schedule. And she was just like, "Okay, thank you. And so we started doing like this team thing where we teamed up and we would share responsibilities of homeschooling while we were in the office. And so while I was back there and she was working at her desk and I was back in the office that we had been set aside in. I was helping tutor my brother or go over his book work with him. Or if he had questions, I could look it up and, you know, find a video that could answer the question for him. And I started to see that even though what I was doing was helping him a lot, he was a kinesthetic learner by nature. So he learned by movement. He learned by touching and feeling and interacting. And though I was the book learner who loved to learn things by just reading it and watching it, my brother was not that way. And so while for me, it worked that I was in the office, I could do my own studying, I could do my own learning, write my own essays. For him, he needed a lot more hand-on approach. So I started to see that the curriculum that we were using was not working and wasn't catering to that kinesthetic learning style. And so I went to my mom and was like, I don't think this curriculum is working. And she looked and she was like, yeah, I can see that too. So she gave me, she was like, hey, I know you've been helping me out a lot. Why don't you go and see if you can find a better option? And so that started this whole quest for me because I saw what he could do when learning his way, because I saw what happened when we took the books away for a few months and just let him learn his way. And I saw what happened when we tried to reel him back in with books and online courses. And so what I decided to do was build my own. And now I had no experience with developing curriculum. At this point, I was still a high schooler, you know, trying to still learn my own route in life for education, but something in me was just like, this is the route to go. And I really felt that this was the the calling that I had uh, to be able to help people. And so it all started with just my brother. I didn't intend for it to be anything bigger. I was just like, okay, I'm going to build this curriculum, this course, he needs this for this year. And I just started Googling it and looking up like what Um, learning platforms were out there. And before you knew it, I had started learning how to build curriculum and online courses. I was creating learning videos. I was creating my own, you know, written content and my own flashcards. I was finding all sorts of teacher resources that most people didn't even know was available. um, And all of it was free. And so it cost my family a lot less money in the end. um, And so we could budget better. And so all of this was going on in the same time. So fast forward to 2018, 2019, my brother's like, can you make me another course? Because at this point, he's like, it's really working. <laughs> so <laughs> you're so he, literally making courses for yeah. him. Were you recording them like yeah. video? Yeah. And then he would just watch it when it works for him. Yes. And he would do the work. I would make my own quizzes, flashcards, games. All and as a mom, see, this is actually something I've thought about doing, but I haven't actually done it but as a parent sometimes now I don't you're in a little different position because you're the sibling but it could be still be similar sometimes when your children are learning directly from you like I have one daughter who can learn directly from me I can sit right next to her and we can go through it for the most part not to say there's never bumps the other daughter that's much more difficult with 
So if you record it and then they watch it later, they can sort of take it in and they don't have a child who feels confrontational at times. What an effective method. But also, let's say your time frame, just in the logistics of your day, your time frame, you're not able to teach at the time he likes to learn. It's a way to teach and learn and deliver it. And I think that's such a great solution. And I want to commend you. Your observation skills around your brother's needs were outstanding. And also to even understand that difference between being a visual learner or a kinesthetic or an auditory learner, any of those types of things, that's a big deal. And for me, I have a child that's much more of a kinesthetic learner as well. So I can appreciate all that you did and good job. Good job, Lucia. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so impressed with you. You you are just this glowing example of what homeschooling can look like and how successful it can be. So uh, go ahead with your story. So <laughs> you did you did all of these things for your brother, and this is almost always the case. I have visited with over 70 individuals who have created products for homeschoolers, and all but one of them started to help their own children, or in your case, your own family member, your brother, right? But everybody usually starts to solve their own problem. And then they realize it's effective and they go out and share it with others. So now you've taken this concept of helping your brother and how did you grow this? Yes. So back in around 2019, families started coming to me and saying, Hey, I see that you're building coursework. Cause you know, I started sharing with them just casual talk. You know, I just had to record this video, you know, for my course that I'm making. And they're like, you make courses. And I'm like, yes. And so they were like, can you make one for my child? And so around 2019 or 2020, they started asking me, Hey, can you build courses for my students? I'm trying to save money on my homeschool budget. One family had three kids and two of their kids were in, you know, the higher grades and one child was in elementary school. And they were like, I know you're going to school to teach elementary students. Can you help me out? And so eventually I started taking the methods that I had used to build the curriculum for my brother and started creating a framework and kind of a methodology that I can use in every single case. So for example, a family comes to me and says, I need science curriculum and I have nowhere to go. I don't know what to do. And my student's a kinesthetic learner. Well, I can build a curriculum for that student to fit their specific interests and then build off of that with live classes. I was doing tutoring at this time and teaching. And so families really started to get to see what uh, curriculum I was building and how it was unique. And so At that time, I didn't really think of starting a business at all, even though there was a demand for it within my local community because I was still in high school. So I was like, I'm going to finish school. And then maybe once I graduate from college, I'll start a business or something. And I didn't really think of it as that big of a deal because, you know, it was just the local community. And of course, your friends will say something is amazing (laughs) to me. So I was But they wouldn't keep asking for it if it wasn't. (laughs) And there's your key. You know, you were on something because the demand kept coming to you. Exactly. Exactly. So then in 2020, during the beginning of the pandemic, I started to see this huge spike in articles about homeschooling. I started to see like this huge demand for learning pods and all of these new ideas and parents getting so stressed out about home education because they all had to do it in the pandemic. And I saw a lot of stories and I was like, homeschooling 
has so much more potential and there's so many more things that you can do with it than what was being done. And so I started to see that the demand was rising and I started to see that there was a lot more openness to homeschooling than there was before, because, you know, years back when I tell someone I was homeschooled, they would be like, Oh, I kind of like back off. Like I was completely different and like, you know, weird or something because I was homeschooled. But now, I mean, starting in 2020, I tell someone I'm homeschooled and they're like, oh, tell me more. You know, I had to homeschool my kids for three months. Exactly. So I started to see that more openness. So in the end of 2020, around November, um, October, November, I saw this opportunity for an honor society I had been accepted into called the National Society of High School Scholars. And um, they're one of the only national honor societies that allow homeschooled students in in high school. And so I was accepted into that program months earlier. And so I looked and they said, we have this opportunity for you to win $10,000 to start a business of your dreams. And I said, this sounds incredible, but what business idea do I have? So I had always wanted to, you know, kind of be my own a boss, as they say, and kind of, you know, run my own business because my parents are entrepreneurs, my aunt's an entrepreneur, you know, everybody who I know is mainly starting a business of some kind. And so I was like, well, I want to start a business too. And this was the perfect opportunity. And so I look at the work I'd been doing in high school. I looked back because at that time I had just graduated and I was like, what do I want to do for my business idea? So I sat on it, prayed about it, And eventually it just kept coming back to me, your homeschool idea. And so I sat down, I had no idea how to do a business plan. I sat down and started writing a business plan because they say you needed proof of concept, you need all these things. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a business plan. I looked at my target audience. I wrote down statistical data. Um, I talked about my personal experience. And before you knew it, I had the whole application filled out. Then they needed a letter of reference from someone who had used my program. And I went to one of the local families that I had just finished assisting and they ended up writing me a letter of reference. So I had everything I needed all lined up for me to enter this contest. So I submit the application and I have no idea who else has entered, what their ideas are, you know, anything from sustainability to tech. I was like a homeschool idea what are the odds that it could be selected? And so at this time, um, there were numerous applications going on from all over the world that were coming in to this competition. And so a month later, I get an email that says, congratulations, you've been selected as a finalist and you will move on to compete in three live elimination rounds via Zoom. You know how excited I feel (laughs) just hearing you talk about this? Like, I'm like, ah! (laughs) If I'm your mom, I am like jumping up and down. Were you jumping up and down? (laughs) I was very reserved about it because I still had to get through all of the competition rounds. Um, I'm not a reserved person. (laughs) I'd be like, ah, he got that far to me. That's success in and of itself. Even if you hadn't actually won, I mean, winning is definitely the cherry on top and gave you those funds, right? But that is a big deal. It's like this validation, even from people who know about business, you have to assume those are people who are judging you that they're yes. bringing a panel of business owners on successful business owners. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like so excited, just sort of reliving this with you. 
Yes. So in the letter, they had accepted my application. And so later on, I found out that there were almost 250 people who had applied for the competition from all over the world. And it wasn't just students. It was educators, too. So there were adults and students competing against each other. And so um, they ended up selecting only 40. And so of that 40, they selected me and 39 other students. And so for the next few days, I had prepped, I created a pitch deck, I worked with my mentors and really developed this idea further in order to pitch because you had to pitch and you had like seven to eight minutes to pitch your business idea in front of judges. And so that night I, you know, got dressed and, you know, got prepared um, for the first round of the pitch. And so I'm pitching and pitching and then the time runs out and then the judges ask me questions. It's like a panel. So there's um, in the first round, it's one judge and second round is two judges. And then the third round, it's all like 10 judges. And so the first round was one judge and she's a marketing agency leader. And she said, all of you did so well. She said, I would have hired every single one of you on the spot. She said, because you just amaze me with how you've pitched this idea. She was asking me, how did you know about um, direct to consumer marketing and all of these things that I had put in my pitch? I said, my parents are entrepreneurs. I said, I did a lot of research before the competition. And so this whole time, it was just a lot of building up um, and scaling that I was doing just in this competition alone. Because before, when I started out just applying, I didn't have any business plan. I didn't have any idea what I was doing with this idea. So fast forward to the second round, they say, congratulations, you made it. The third round, and then I pitch in front of a crowd of people on Zoom and a bunch of judges. And they all had to score me high enough for me to win. So it's about four or five hours on Zoom. I'm watching everybody else pitch. At this point, they've narrowed it down to 20 students. And so now it's the deliberation. So pause. What an educational opportunity right there to watch all these other pitches. Who has that opportunity? (laughs) Really? Exactly. That's a huge opportunity and learning experience because even moving forward in the future, for you to be able to see these methodical pitches coming across for business ideas, that is a tremendous opportunity. I would love to watch that. (laughs) (laughs) So go ahead. (laughs) Yes. So um, we finish all the pitching and then the audience has questions for us. And this was the first time anybody had heard of the idea outside of my local community. So of course, everyone's like, what was it like to be homeschooled? And you know, what do you offer? And how do you do it? And all of these things. And so it really was a nice awareness opportunity for me as well. And I started to see that a lot of people were just curious about homeschooling. It wasn't like everybody hated homeschooling or everybody thought homeschooling was weird. Some people were just like, what is homeschooling and why do you do it? And I started to see that openness again towards home education. So the judges come back and they start announcing the names of the winners on the spot in the Zoom um, contest. So they start naming one name and they start naming the next name and then they name me. And that was just a complete blessing because I had never pitched before. I had never done any business related anything before. Um, And so they said, and we'd like to announce the winner in SCS role. And so that was, I was one of 10 people who got $10,000 each to start the business of their dreams. 
And so um, I got the grants uh, funds a little bit afterwards. This was the first time I'd been on the news because they started like pulling in with people who wanted to interview me for the local newspaper. And this was the first time I had ever done anything uh, like this. And so all of a sudden I'm here and I'm like, I have this funding and I have this idea, which I now had by then developed into an actual business. But what am I going to do with it? Am I going to wait? Am I going to do it after college like I had planned? Or am I going to do this now? And I just kept feeling, do it now. And so um, I ended up starting the business in February of 2021, which was right after the pitch competition time, which was just last year. So we're about to be a first year in business. So all this time I had been doing it as a project since 2017. Now it's a business. We had finally enough funds to... Thank you. Yeah, we finally got uh, our articles of incorporation within the state. You know, I decided to make it a nonprofit because I wanted to give back to the homeschool community. So we became 501c3 approved and everything was just falling in place. So at this time I was like, well, how am I going to run a business? You know, because I had I had no experience with being like the CEO. What is a board of directors? How do you run that? You know, who do you recruit? And all these things just kept coming in. And of course, resulting back to prayer and, you know, my family members who had had businesses before me. And so eventually we get this great team together of board members who are, you know, historians and uh, project managers and community uh, members and, you know, like teachers, educators, this whole thing. And then an advisory board of the same and Canary Academy Online was born. And so now I went from just having like a high school project that I did for my brother to having a nonprofit that gets to serve on the national level. And so I decided not to make it local because I'm like, everybody needs access to home education. Um, And so our first programs were born in 2021. Um, We brought on our first interns and volunteers and now we have a team of almost like 15, 20 people. Um, And so we got more grant funding to be able to develop our business further. And so really, What Canary Academy Online does and what it is, is a nonprofit that works to help families navigate the homeschool space, not just by giving them advice or sending them away with books, but really sitting down and working with them on a personalized level to develop curriculum that's tailored to their student. If your student is struggling with math, for example, we can work with you to build a curriculum that centers around your student's interests. Let's say they have an interest in basketball and use basketball to teach them math. Sit down and teach the parent, show the parent, here are the curriculum books you need. Here is how much time that you might wanna spend outside doing something completely different. Here's how much time you wanna use for breaks. So we'll take the schedule that your family has or the situation like your financial situation that you have, and we will turn that into a homeschool routine that is tailored to you. And that's something that I saw that was lacking in a lot of the stories I was reading during the pandemic was that a lot of families were just trying to take curriculum off online, throw it at their kids and then say, you know, just here study. And and this is homeschooling, but homeschooling is so much more than that and can be so much more than that. And so what Canary Academy works to do is show families how to make it meaningful and relevant to the individual student, just like my parents did for me. And so my parents' methodology that they had, when I went back and asked them, mom, dad, what was that called that you did with me? They was like, it was just, it was what we did. Like, we didn't have a name for it. You know, we just, it was what we felt led to do. And I said, well, you know what? 
I'm going to call this the Canary Way because at this time I'd come up with Canary Academy Online and the business name and the story behind it and all of that. And so the methodology became the Canary Way. And the methodology is based on student-oriented learning, flexible learning options, tailored custom curriculum fit to the student, and a mixture between online learning and book learning to limit screen time, but also make it engaging and memorable for the student. And so that's how Canary Academy Online was formed. That is so awesome. And I love I love what you're doing. And, you know, in many ways, you're doing similar things to what I'm doing, but we'll both have our own little ways that we go, right? But exactly. this is something that as homeschool think tank is growing, because really we're sort of about the same stage in our businesses. You know, homeschool think tank started in 2018. You started teaching your brother 2017 and then your actual business 2020. So, you know, we were sort of both sort of on this similar path, but different too. And I see more collaboration, which is why it's the name think tank. I see bringing others in and sharing the message of homeschooling and sharing all of these different ways that people can approach homeschooling. So I am honored to interview you. And thank you for being on the podcast because you really are a glowing example of the success that can come from homeschooling. You, you know, your parent, you and your family, it is not, homeschooling is not a solo thing. You know, it's you, your family, your community, the support just all the way around. Right. So yes. I am, I'm so impressed with you, Nasia. Nasia. I'm so sorry. I have such a hard time saying your name, but I'm trying. Nasia, right? Yeah. Nasia. And say your last name again. Isra'ul. Isra'ul. Okay. Yeah. I, I really am struggling with this, but I'm, I am trying. So are there any, I feel like your story has been shared in a really nice way. Are there any parting messages that you would like to leave? for our listeners. Any words of wisdom, if you will? Yes. Don't think that homeschooling only looks one way or that homeschooling can be described one way. Homeschooling is only described by what you do, who you are, and your specific needs. Homeschooling is tailored to you. It's not a substitute for public education. It's an alternative. And it is something that will always be completely unique and completely tailored to you. So don't think that homeschooling has to look one way, that you have to wake up at 8 a.m. and you know do school for eight hours straight with no breaks and one recess. Homeschooling is tailored to you. You can homeschool on the road, you can homeschool at the store. Everything we do as homeschoolers is education. Everywhere we go, every experience we take as a learning experience. And so for the families listening, I would just like to just share with everyone that I'm not a unique case, that homeschooling in and of itself can create this next generation of learners and impactful people who can go on to change the world. And that's the benefit of homeschooling. And that's what I want people to see. I don't want them to just see me. I want them to see what homeschooling is. And I want to just be one of many people who are homeschooled who can change the world. Ah, love it. I'm just like applauding you. I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) This is beautiful. Thank you so much for your story and for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
So after we ended this call, Nasia and I were visiting, and she actually has something that she would like to offer our listeners if you are interested in taking advantage advantage of this. So Nasia, why don't you tell us what that is? Yes. So uh, the link that I provided is a link to our CMCS service, which is a two-part service. The first part is um, automated. We've created a database of curriculum that we will allow you to be able to uh, have as well. Um, And once we give you access to that database, we will meet with you one-on-one and help your family develop a curriculum to be able to suit the individual needs of your student. So our CMCS program was inspired by what I did with my brother back all those years ago. And it is the same process, figuring out what's not working and helping you uh, figure out what will work and developing that special routine and curriculum customized to your students' needs. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nasia, for offering that to our listeners. I think that's a wonderful service. And I hope everyone takes advantage of that. So check the link that goes with this podcast episode or video episode, and you will see how to take advantage of that offer. I hope that you enjoyed this interview with Nasia Israel. You can learn more about Nasia and her organization in the link that corresponds with this podcast episode. One final note, I believe that Nasia's high school years were an excellent example of a project-based learning approach. And if you want to learn more about that style of homeschooling or other styles of homeschooling, be sure to check the link that corresponds with this podcast episode. Near the bottom of that article, you will find a link to our Styles of Homeschooling article. Finally, you can always learn more about all of our podcast guests at homeschoolthinktank.com slash interviews. Live and learn your way. My name is Jackie, and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye. I want to say thank you for listening to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd like to ask you to take a moment to follow this podcast and share it with a friend. Remember to check the show notes for a link to the article that corresponds with this podcast episode. In this article, we'll include any links that we mentioned in this episode. And remember that you can search all of the Homeschool Think Tank parenting podcast episodes at homeschoolthinktank.com.